All right, man, we are back live again. Uh, shout out to everybody that watched Friday Live. I thought it was pretty good. It wasn't a popular one, but hey, it is what it is. They want that real boxing-ish. I did it because I felt like doing it, and I felt like doing this live. We had some action last night. I think we got like, um, I believe we have a small hiatus um, for a week in boxing. I'll look at the schedule real quick. What, if you don't know, it's good fella TV. Uh, you can listen to this on a podcast about an hour after the show. Um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Radio Public, Stitcher, Cashbox. It's a bunch of them. Hit the link tree. It'll take you there if you want to financially support the channel. Uh, Cash App, Dollar Sign, CJ Good 313, Venmo, CJ Good 313, PayPal link in the description as well, too. Uh, you know. Uh, so yeah, all that's in there rolling at the bottom of your screen. Appreciate everybody that support the channel. Best way to support is to thumbs up the video, uh, subscribe, and then don't forget, give me a rating on one of the podcast platforms you listen to. If it's a platform that you want me to join that I don't have, just DM me on Twitter and Instagram. That's in the link tree too, and I will try to add it to the uh current selection. All right, so um, but uh But yeah, we're gonna talk about uh Berlanga getting a win last night. A lot of people didn't know Berlanga won a uh, fought. That was just let you know the lack of uh that just let you know the lack of uh how can I say this? The lack of uh marketing by the uh the lack of marketing by the zone. Um right. Then we can roll into the fact that uh, we can roll into the fact that uh, Eddie Hearns is doing a great job. I'm gonna talk about him and Oscar. Maybe I'll fit that in tomorrow or Tuesday, you know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, maybe I'll fit that in tomorrow or Tuesday, bro. So talk about Eddie and Oscar, and uh, Oscar saying no way to Berlanga basically said good luck to make a Berlanga. And Mungia, we're going to talk about Lubin getting the win over Arias. We're going to talk about the controversy with J-Rock and Adamas and how that's pretty much fueling the controversy uh, that's coming into Spencer Crawford now. And also, we're going to talk about the Spencer Crawford ugly undercard. Super ugly in my nocturnal voice. Shout out to Ricky E. early in the building. He said, I think they're going to try to rob, but if it goes to decision, there you go. Why do people keep bringing that up? Because you've seen what happened last night with uh, – with J Rock and how the referee did what he did. I mean, I'm be surprised if Errol Spence land three punches and they stop it on Bud too. Um, you hear people now, you know, and then what a couple we had the plant and Benavidez whole thing. I think we had another controversy too, Ricky, but uh, in between all of that. A B said Berlanga trash, Carlson Davis needed a jab more. It's a little bit not ready for Carl Dominus with top 160 pounders. All right, so uh let me see if I can pull up the schedule real quick. We can see what we got cooking in the schedule. Mason in here acting needy. He acting real needy right now. I let him out. I don't know. Should put him in there with many and miles. So okay, we do got Jared Anderson this weekend, Saturday, coming from Toledo. Um, we got Francois Cruz Desire versus Savannah Marshall. I think I would check in on that one. And then you know, 
Then Friday, uh, July 7th, you got Diego Pacheco returning, Virgil Ortiz Deonis, uh, Jerron Ennis, and Rio Monvila. So, I mean, you got Jared Anderson next week in Francois Desjardins Cruz, and then you got a big week July 8th. Then July 15th, if you didn't hear, uh, Richardson Hitchin and Montana Love got postponed. Montana Love magically got hurt. But you do got Alicia Bumgarner fighting somebody. Andy Cruz making his debut in Detroit. You got Frank Martin fighting on the 15th. July 22nd, you actually have George Cambo. So, as a matter of fact, let me let y'all see this. I'm sitting here telling y'all, and we can look what we got on, on deck. I'm sorry. I apologize. I might need a bigger voice. So, let me see. Give me what you got. So, here we go real quick. So, this is what you got coming up. So, Big Baby, Cruz, Desire, Cruz, Desire versus Savannah Marshall. Big Baby next Saturday. All that's next Saturday. Diego Pacheco fighting uh, next, I mean, July 7th. That's Friday in Mexico. Virgil Ortiz fighting uh, July 8th, the Saturday after the 4th of July against the onus. Jerron Ennis going head up in his debut. I think his day, Showtime debut uh, main event versus Jeremiah uh, Vila. So Josh Kelly also fighting uh, July 15th, Saturday, on the zone, if you care, along with Alicia Bumgardner fighting somebody. Like I said, Montana Love got injured. That fight off with Richardson Hitchens postponed, but you also have Andy Cruz making his pro debut. Frank Martin is also fighting on Showtime, July 15th. And then you got Ken Bosso taking on Maxie Hughes. Uh, ESPN uh, in Oklahoma, July 22nd, and then Tuesday, July 25th, you got Fulton in New York Way, Asinus Estrada is July 28th, um, and uh, that has a top-ranked ESPN card, um, and then you go into Smith Crawford 29th of July to round out the summer, so it's a, it's, a, it's a solid card, it's a solid, you know, New York, Fulton, Fulton, New York, Spence Crawford, um, so we got some good fights coming up just to let y'all know what it is, though. <laughs> um, so yep. So good boxing. Good boxing next month. I'm more excited for Fulton versus New York rather than Spence and Bud. I mean, yeah, I mean, I could that's definitely understandable, but we know which one is the big one. Um, so we'll see. But uh, but yeah, last night we can start off with Lubin. We had Lubin doing this thing. I got my drink in my suit that my drink in my it's on, it's on, it's on. And I thought Arius might cause some problems. Arius tricky, bro. Like Arius, when he the underdog, he dangerous. But Luis Arius literally came in last night just thinking that, oh, Lubin don't have a chin. I'm a chin check Lubin like I'm a puncher. And when he noticed he couldn't chin check Lubin like he was some type of monster puncher, then, you know, he wanted to. Tap out. My future voice, he wanted to tap out. He was trying to find a way out before Lubin showed him the way out. And, you know, some people say that could have been considered a premature stoppage, but he was really going to hurt Cuba in there. And uh, Lubin looked good, you know, took some good punches, had a good uh, pistol-like jab, um, just took his time, um, looked very comfortable in there, didn't have any, like, whiplash or or any, you know, uh, thoughts in the back of his mind what happened with Fondor's his first fight after since beating Fondor. He looked good, you know. He hurt Arias to the body like in the second or third round. That's when I knew it was the beginning of the end. Arias just came in to say, well, you know, my thing was, well, Arias' thing, he said himself was, this dude ain't got no chin, so I'm going to go ahead and just chin check him and win. And when, you know, it that proved not to be true, he had nothing behind it. 
He knew it. He was trying to find a way out to fight, and Luva showed him the door. I'm going to leave the door open. I'm going to leave the door open. So Lubin opened that door and threw his ass right out there like Uncle Phil. Rest in peace to him. Throw DJ Jazzy Jeff out, out of there. So there you have it. There you have it. So, uh, so I mean, shit, that's just what it is on that point. So, um, you know, I think Lubin ready for Adamus. I don't know why not. I don't think Adamus is all that, you know. I don't think Adamus all that. I think he could beat Adamus. You know, one thing about it is what Adamus is, dude. You gotta make him. You gotta make him use the ring. Luba gonna have to box and just touch his body, and don't stand in front of him. And that'll be a great test to learn not to stand in front of somebody like he did versus Fondor. But Adamus is not beatable. It's very beatable. To share beat him, people tend to forget that, but. His dedication and nutrition and, and, and his conditioning and staying in shape in between fights make him a little bit dangerous. But uh, I don't know what's all out there for Lubin other than I don't know if he's going down. You know, he said he better at 50, ready for 54 and 60. So, I mean, some people got, you know, some people are resilient. I think, you know, his nickname should be resilient. He's a very resilient guy, able to put the bullshit behind him and keep going forward. So there ain't much out there unless Mendoza beat Fondora in this supposed rematch that's supposed to be coming up on the Real Benavidez undercard. Other than that, man, ain't, ain't much out there, bro. Um, as far as names, unless you want to take on Israel Matamov or Background Mercivelli and try to get an IBF and WBA mandatory spot. Um, that's all I really can see out there as far as name wise for him. So uh Sergio Garcia got a fight coming up, I believe, as well, too. Um going to 60 ain't shit up there neither. He's gonna fight what Shane Mosley Jr. or something. So you know, if you can get a crack at, you know, Carlos Adamas, I mean, take it. I don't think he unbeatable. Uh, I think Lubin got the faster hands and, you know, got the better boxing ability, in my humble opinion. I think he I think he could beat him, but um, it ain't going to be easy. But, you know, as long as you make Adamas, you know, use use the ring and make him try to – he can – he heavy in there, but he got heavy hands too. So, you know, he can be beat. You know, he ain't – and then the thing about it is he don't go – he ain't went a tar 12 yet. You know, so in the championship rounds, he started to fade. So Lugan put that body work in and focus on this defense and, you know, not just standing in front of, you know, Adamus. And that don't mean like he necessarily got to move, but boy, you better be fading or you better be throwing or you better be moving him off the spot if you're in there with Adamus. Now we can move on to this main event, which it had a lot of controversy um, in this fight with Adamus and uh, J-Rock over the stoppage. Uh I think the cut played a part in it. Um, J Rock did throw a punch right after, like after the referee called the fight. I didn't, I didn't think the exchange warranted. In my opinion, I didn't think it warranted a stoppage um, at all. I felt that, uh, I felt that, uh, I felt that J Rock was on. You know, you, you know. Adamus was turning it up, and he was going to win regardless. But I, I believe J-Rock has earned enough clout in his career to go out on the shield. I mean, he came out pretty good. He just don't have the – he don't have the power, and he don't have the activity and the combination punching to or the volume to, uh, to overcome that. And um, they was mad. They took it away from him. I think the cut played a part of it, and maybe the referee wanted to hurry up and get back home to his wife might play a part in it. But, I mean, at the end of the day, man, he literally was losing on all scorecards. He literally on one scorecard would have had to win every round just to get a draw. On other scorecards, it wouldn't have mattered. He would have had to uh, had to get to stop it. So he was he was down. He 
he was down. I thought the fight was, was kind of close, you know, for, you know, it was close. It was going back and forth, but I guess they gave, you know, Adamus credit for um, the more effective, cleaner, and harder punches. And he was thumping a little bit harder in there, but it was very competitive. And I could see if it was a one-sided ass whooping, which, like I tell y'all, it's an opinionated sport in the, uh, you know, that's what makes boxing a very, you know, interesting sport. Everybody got a different vantage point. You got three referees sitting at three different sides of the ring. And you see Mark Mill, uh, John Moreno had it 74-78. So, you know, he, he couldn't have came back. And then Nathan, Nathan Palmer had it 74 77. Raimondo Perez having a 72 80. So, for the most part, he only could run on Palmer's card or had a draw on Palmer's card unless he scored multiple knockdowns. It was pretty much a wrap. So, the referee, like, this dude ain't about to win. I could go, you know, give me some good ass, you know, Somalian food. I'm in Minnesota and I could just picture me rolling. You know what I'm saying? You know, get up out of here. And he had that bad cut on his eye. And, you know, you think the refs don't be wanting to, uh, you know, you think the refs don't be wanting to get out of there in time. They don't get paid over time. They don't get paid over time, but the cut played into it. And, you know, just the punches that he threw, I think he threw out a four-piece and only one punch landed from Adamus, but the referee can't really see that. I mean, you know, J-Rock legs are still there. And I think he robbed the viewers of a of a, of a, of a, of a fight. But on the scorecards, you know, really for the most part, J Rock, you know, only chance was was the diamonds fade late. And he didn't get that opportunity. They were just getting into the championship rounds as well, too. So, I mean, I'm not gonna bitch and cry about it. Adamus diamonds clearly about to run away run with this fight. So Mark Blake, what did he do, dog? He said Lubin will get slept by Adamus. I don't believe so, bro. Like I was not impressed last night with Adamus. Um, I wasn't impressed versus the Derbachenko fight. So that's what I'm trying to figure out. Adamus didn't even sleep J-Rock last night. The referee did. The referee took away from it. I was looking at that fight. That fight was close. That fight was damn near even. You know what I'm saying? So that I said before, well, like, it's not like Adamus blowing guys out the, out the water. He not. He ain't even been 12 rounds yet, bro. Like, y'all do notice that, right? Let's look at that. He ain't been 12, 9, 8. Fucking 8 rounders last fight. 10, 5. Oh, he did go 12 versus Jerry Hurd. Okay. I don't even remember. That's J-Rock. My bad. We tripping, dog. <laughs> 9, 3, 10, 3, 6. He had a 12-round loss to Teixeira. That's it. Outside of that, 10, 4, 3, 2, 10, 6, 11. I ain't never I really see too many 11 rounders. Uh, 2, 11, 4, 4, 4, 2, 1, 1, 1, 2, 4. <laughs> so that's it. That's it. That's it. He got one 12 round experience and he ate that L versus the share dial. So he ain't he ain't no he ain't no I mean like I said he a good fighter I don't know if I see special and with the help of the referee last night which was his name Mark Blake that's what I said yeah Mark Nelson <laughs> with the help of Mark Nelson he came he saw he conquered but I think he was gonna win anyway but it's been interesting because down the stretch down the stretch he starts to fade 
he get tired. So, you know, he's changing his nutrition and shit, but I ain't going to cry like J-Rock career. You know, unfortunately, had he lost his fight by legit stoppage, he probably would have retired. Now in his mind, he still think he got it. And he got an interim title shot after how piss poor his run be. You know, tell Al Hammond don't be blessing all the trap ninjas. Come on, man. Tell me. Come on. He said Lubin only been 12 once uh, as well. Doesn't make a difference. I think it do. Adamus fade, bro. Adamus fades in a lot of his fights. That's what I will say. Adamus fades. He always out of shape. You know, he's been in shape the last couple fights, but he always fades. Last night, we didn't get the opportunity to see it because <laughs> Mark Nelson took us away from it. Adamus has never fought a full, hard 12. That motherfucker be fighting his spurts. I'm trying to tell you, dude, that dude, he's good, but I don't see, like, where he going to beat Charlo. I don't see why Charlo will run from him, but he good. People were going around with that Bud sparring, but y'all remember, y'all, I like how people take shit out of context. Bud was sparring three different sparring partners in there. They was interchanging niggas at Gleason fighting Carlos Adamas. So Adamas, you know, like I said before, uh, damn job sports salute. So yeah, I don't really, I don't really see what y'all see. You don't see what I see. So does he uh fight Lubin and Spurs? He fight everybody fucking in Spurs. <laughs> like pick a fight. Show me a fight where he fought a hard twelve, a hard eleven, a hard ten. Dervichenko, that motherfucker was running out of gas in that fight versus Dervichenko too. Was he not? Come on. He always running out of gas. He started to get better with it, but we gonna see. But he ain't beating no Charlo unless Charlo just fought, fell off a cliff. Charlo about to beat Canelo on y'all ass. Charlo about to go through Canelo bitch ass. Let's talk about Berlanger. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Let's talk about the king of New York City. You can ask Kobe, the king of New York City, Edwin Berlanger. Uh, Egner, what's what's his name? I'm gonna say it some way. Edgar Berlanga, this was the fight of the night for me, bro. Edgar Berlanga fight was it was fire. Uh, I keep calling this dude Andy Lee, but Andy Lee was his coach. Uh, it was a good fight last night. I don't think Berlanga trash neither. I think uh, I think Edgar Berlanga is solid. I think I think he, he he looked a lot better last night. I like to see him use his jab a little bit more, but. Quigley became an elusive target. Andy Andy Lee had Quigley dipping a little bit, being a little slick, tucking his chin. Andy Andy, I call it Andy Lee. Jason Quigley landed some good body shots in there. Um, yeah, he landed some good body shots. Um, you know, he landed some good body shots. Uh, you know, he was boxing Berlin. I thought that fight was pretty close. Into the knockdowns, he started rolling. He scored a two and a 12. So that kind of put it away. And I think quickly just was like, you know what, man? I just want to make it to the end. But he was boxing Berlanga. Berlanga was closing the distance on him. But Berlanga don't know how to close the distance. He want to close the distance and try to walk in with a bullshit jab and then try to throw power shots instead of what Berlanga should have been doing is jabbing his way in and breaking them down to the body, then ripping uppercuts and hooks upstairs. But I'm not sure Berlanga know how to throw a fucking uppercut. So that's the problem. He needs to learn how to double jab. He needs to learn how 
to, you know, jab his way in, get his head off the line, put punches together, double up the hooks to the body, open his opponents up with the uppercut. But, you know, his, his old coach, which came back as his new coach, if that make any sense, he went to get his old coach back. He had Berlanga, you know, kind of composed, patient. Um, you know, he wasn't rushing it. He wasn't getting out of line. And that might have to do something with Quigley was being just as big as he was. You know, because Quigley, you know, showed the ability to go in there and hurt him as well, too. So let's not forget that. Quigley was in there. He wasn't throwing no no powder puff, Paul Malinati punches. He was throwing some real shit in there last night. He threw some good shots. And at the end of the day, bro, I feel that uh, um, you know, You know, uh, but like I continue to say, bro, uh, I think Berlanga, people going to laugh at me, bro, but I think Berlanga could be a world champion. I just think once they teach Berlanga how to throw more than a hook and a jab, you know, and, you know, and they teach him how to throw a one-two um, uppercut, double up his hooks, and how to open his opponents up and jab his way in. And put his punches together. Then, if they get him to kind of move his head off the line, some after that, yeah, you know, is he is he gonna be ready in in, the, in two years? Could be, but um, you know, hopefully he continue to get a uh, focus. Uh, but Quigley was a game dog in there last night. He really was. He boxed, hit Berlanga with some good shots. Berlanga had to go through some fire. But if Berlanga want to start getting knockouts, he can't rely on one shot. He can't rely on two shots. Berlanga got to got to jab his way in. He moved his head okay last night, but he got to rip his shots. But I thought Quigley was going to win this fight, but you know he couldn't take the power through the night, and you know he let Berlanga bag him up. And you know Berlanga was getting his head off the line, but Berlanga got a jab, 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 jab to the chest, jab to the stomach, double up hooks. Berlanga looking a jab or half jab, you know. And then throw one or two hard shots, and then what he do? Quickly do that. He smothers work quickly. Hold him, spin out. He reset. So once Berlinga learned how to get in there, and he learned to jab and put his punches together, and learned that you can throw more than just a jab and a hook, he can uppercut and, and he can and punch his way. He can punch open and open. He's gonna be a better fighter for that. But I don't know where they go from here with him at. I don't think. He nowhere near ready for Canelo. I don't think he nowhere near ready for Benavidez. Shit, I don't know why Oscar De La Hoya ain't dying to throw Munguia in there with him. But, you know, Eddie Hearn and, you know, uh, and Oscar De La Hoya got into it last night. I'm going to do a video on it. But they got into it last night, and, you know, they said something. And Oscar, you know, Eddie said Berlanga and Munguia is the fight to make. And Oscar said, well, good luck with that. Like I said, Oscar is fucking emotional, bro. Oscar is emotional. Dude, your fighter going to beat the shit out of Berlanga. Why not make the fight if it makes sense? See how they on the same network and the network struggling, and they got and they got a fight that can help the network out of the struggle, but then again, they want to be emotional over things that's been said, bro. As much as Al Heyman and did to... Uh, as much as Al Heyman... Then did to to out to to Oscar De La Hoya. He still run back and do business with with Al. Do he not? Now, I got my hypothesis on that, but you know what? If I say what I say, bro, I'm 
I'ma just have to uh probably delete delete this account. Cause I, I nothing. I'm just gonna be quiet. But uh but nonetheless, bro. Um, but yeah, he got into it and Oscar like, you know, good luck with that. And dude, if it makes sense, it makes sense, bro. Why you being emotional over some over your fighter should smoke Berlanga, bro? If he don't smoke Berlanga, then he need to retire. Let's call it what it is. If he don't smoke Berlanga, he need to retire. But he, he, you know, Oscar De La Hoya want to be emotional. You know, but he want to go send his fighters get their ass whooped by PBC fighters all the time. That's the one fighters PBC had. They could be whooping. It's them, them, them PBC. They could be whooping them motherfucking uh, De La Hoya fighters. I mean, they be whoop. I mean, uh, the, uh, the Golden Boy be whooping the shit out of them goddamn match. I mean, Golden PBC whooping the fuck out of them Golden Boy fighters. So, do you remember when you flew into NYC and begged to sign Berlanga? Watch him live on the zone tonight. So, he basically subtweeted. Uh, Lonesome Eddie Hearn, top rank would not work with you. PBC thinks you're a joke, and we all know how I feel about you. So, um, they think the same thing about you, Oscar. I do, but you promised him Canelo. He said, Who have you promised Ryan Garcia? Can <laughs> he said, You couldn't deliver Berlanga to Canelo, and now you throw him on Gia name. Good luck. So, I think it's a great fight for the fans, but I'll speak to your bosses at the zone and we will come back to you. Yeah, it's nothing to do with the zone. You have no fighters to work with. So neither do really Oscar De La Hoya. So, I mean, they can go back and forth about their bullshit and all that. But like I said before, you want to know why boxing can't get out of his own way? You know why Why we can't get even half-decent fights like Munguia and, and Derevchenko? This is why. This is why. And everybody in the top rank in PBC and don't nobody like nobody. So Eddie Hearn is not alone. Nobody likes nobody. So that just simply just don't make no fucking sense. But let's move on to the main event. Time for the main event. So apparently, Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford's uh, undercard have has come has come out, um, and nobody's feeling it. You know, they want to up the price by $10. They want to up the fight. They want to up the shit by two fighters, um, by 10 by $10. And they want you to pay for some bull jive. And like I said before, um, I'm not against you. I'm not with you, depending on what you want to do with this fight. If you want to, if you want to stream this fight, I'm not mad at you. You know, I still love you. Even if you hate Michaudi, I still love you. What tell you I say? I'm not mad at you, but this this shit is a joke. You got an all black main event, and then you turn around, and you it's not a nigga in sight. You got you just ran a hundred miles, but you still got one to go. It ain't a brother in sight, bro. It ain't a brother in sight. And if you do see somebody like Alejandro Cruz on here, Jesus and Alejandro uh, Ramos on here, and Isak Cruz, man, I didn't know who the fuck they was fighting. I know Sergio Garcia. I had to remember that the other guy that Cruz was fighting had beat Gabriel Flores. 
But, you know, why we ain't got Frank Martin on the undercard? I know why Jerron Ennis chose to do something else, and I respect it. I respect it. He want to go be his own event, main event. He want to be his own man. Man, dude, you just basically show up to the main event for this one. That's it. You basically show up to the main event. Nothing more, nothing less. You show up to the main event. The undercard, no, I don't care. Just have your phone, have your phone wake your ass up at the main event. Or you go out and party until the main event. It's as simple as that. That's what I tell you. It's as simple as that. This is a disrespectful car. You got the number 50, 60th, and 62nd on heavyweights on the card. Come on. Out of all the possible opponents that Esau Cruz could have fought, you go get the one that beat Gabriel Flores. It ain't like he beat Frank Martin or beat Michelle Rivera. Why not make Frank Martin and Esau Cruz on this card? Why not have the Rayo Venezuela and Cobra rematch not on this card? Why not make Gary Russell ass get on this card? That's what I'm trying to figure out. That's what I don't. I, that's what I'm trying to figure out. So, you know. But then they want you to go in your pocket and you want you to support them and support Al Heyman. And this is what he give you. Shit, goddamn, give us Jerry Hurd. You could have put Lubin and, and Arius on the card. And then they want to charge 10000 3000 for a seat to see the main event. Now, what if Terrence Crawford hurt his shoulder or Errol Spence, you know, some, you know, twist their ankle in the ring and they got to stop the fight? That's why I don't be fucking with boxing, bro. He said, "Super, I don't know." Famsky said, "What's up, OG? Not the king of New York, though." Yeah, welcome to New York City. We are now under the control of Edward Belanga. <laughs> Belanga holds our fixable. Andy Lee might rise as one of the top UK better coach. Man, shit, man. Belanga need to call Andy Lee. You ain't lying, Lavish. What's going on? Belanga got a chin. That's uh, ain't got no chance to probably he's already been dropped by people with not that much power. I don't really read into that, man. We got to wait and see. I don't really read into that, bro. Also been slept a few times in amateur. Yeah, now that ain't good. So top rank knew that RH. He said Benavidez kills all these young guys like Berlang and Morel. I don't know if he beat Morel, bro. I think that's a good fight. I think he beat Morel, but I don't think it's as clear as cut as you saying it is. Yeah, Mungi and Berlanga, great fight. De La Hoya is just an emotional female. That's how them niggas and the, them niggas be that be entitled and, you know, they lay out the red carpet for them and shit. A lot of them dudes be, ent be entitled, bro. A lot of them dudes be entitled, bro. For sure. A lot of them guys be entitled, bro. It's a business, and that's the problem with boxing. They want to mix emotions and business. Look out for Jesus Ramos. He's a good fighter, but it ain't good enough for me to pay to pay $90. If I like Jesus Ramos, though, he's a problem. Daniel Barry, what's going on? Karate body, what it do, though? But nonetheless, bro, that shit is an atrocity. It's an abomination to the proclamation to the snow. Yeah, it's bullshit. 
Let's call it what it is. It's bull jive. You know, and they 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 could have they could have gave they could have gave the brothers uh they could have gave the brothers something better. Juice Lee was popping. They could have gave the brothers something better than this, bro. Al Heyman notorious for putting these small motherfuckers on the undercard as the co-main event. Then, you know, Cruz, Alejandro, Ramos, and Garcia, okay, whatever. Garcia, good fighter, and all that stuff, and just rolling through the roster, bro. They don't, they don't, they was better off just having the main event, bro. Let's be real. They was better off just having the main event. Out of all these dudes that ain't active that you could have got the five minutes, you could have got Andrade on the undercard. Let's keep it real. You could have got Andrade on the undercard. Um, Gary Gary Russell, Gary Anton Russell, shit. You know, Keith Thurman could have been on the card, but they promised these dudes so many, so many guarantee, so much money and guaranteed minimum guaranteed money that you know they can't afford these fighters, bro. And the fighters not even like you know what I take less money, you know, just to stay active. I don't think the fighter's saying, well, I'm going to take much more money to stay active. Give me what you can to keep me working. And to be honest, you ain't going to never see the best of these fighters, bro. But to put this out as a main event on a fight of this magnitude, bro, compared to what Don King used to put on cards, bro, for pay-per-views, how can you sit here and ask for any amount of money for this shit? I'm buying it off the strength of Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence being black. I ain't going to miss no words about that. That's why your boy buying it. I'm buying it for the brothers. That's it. I'm buying it for the brothers. Nothing more, nothing less. I'm buying it for the brothers. That's why I'm buying the card, for the brothers. For the brothers. You know? But you know, like I said, I continue to say about about PBC, bro. Million dollar taste, dollar dollar value pockets, and that's what it is. Million dollar taste, dollar value pockets, and that's and that's that's what that's what I will say. That's what I will say. This, this is, this is, this is, this is disrespectful, bro. To have the 60th and 62nd, uh, 67th and 23rd fighters in the world fighting 11th and 4th. Even when these box ranks ranks, you show up to the main event. And like I said before, if you choose to stream it, you choose to go to a bar, watch it, choose to go to David Buster's to get you some hoes, twin, choose to go pull you something out of Twin Speaks. I'm not mad at you, Hooters. Whatever, whatever you tend to do, I ain't mad at you, bro. This is non-judgmental zone. I feel like you know, you know, the brothers and everybody should buy this for boxing, you know. But then you know, we turn around and you talk about the new controversy, and all this helps feed into the fight. And usually, come fight night, it don't come into play. You know, I think Blood understand understand what's going on behind the scenes. I think we understand what's going on behind the scenes. But I do believe that, you know, it was always a possibility before he signed that contract that he was going, they were going, he was going to get robbed. Let's be real. 
let's not act like robbery wasn't already on the table before we heard about the Canelo news. Let's not act like we already didn't know. I broke the news years ago that Errol Spence was in the Canelo deal. So let's uh, let's not act like we didn't know robbery was on the table. Come on, let's act like we didn't know robbery was on the table. We knew that this was a high possibility of happening. We knew it. We knew this was a high possibility of happening. We knew it. So did Canelo raise a little bit more awareness about what's already been there? Absolutely. But Terrence Crawford knew what he signed up for. And I was, oh, Crawford, Timothy Bradley saying, well, Crawford can't start off slow. And if he starts off slow, we knew this. We knew it was a possibility that if he went over there, he worked through all that bullshit. He worked through all that, all the backwoods, cutting down swap vines and all that, swamp vines and all that. We know they made him work to get to this because they didn't want to fight. So then what's the next defense mechanism is to protect Earl Spence with the judges. What popped up, what made this pop up for a lot of people is that what happened in the plan and Benavidez fight, what happened last night with J-Rock, and then what also happened with Roley, that's the other fight, Roley and Ishmael Barros. So everybody thinking about if we go to the cards, but fuck, well, we seen Devin Haney get on the cards and beat Lomachenko, and we didn't think it was possible. But then again, what if, you know, Errol Spence land three punches on Bud and they just, you know, stop the fight automatically? It's stuff we've seen fishy happen at PBC before. Luis uh, uh, Colazzo automatically just stopped fighting against Keith Thurman. He almost knocked Keith Thurman out. Let's not forget Gabriel Rosado was about to take the WBO title from Peter Quillen, and they magically stopped the fight on cuts. He was beat by the stock Keith, uh, Peter Quillen. So what about Terrence Crawford standing up in the corner and Errol Spence land three good shots, and they just stopped the fight. It ain't going to matter. People don't like Terrence Crawford, so they're going to say, well, Errol Spence dogged them. They're going to give you every excuse why Errol Spence deserved to get the stoppage. So really, it's a moment of pressure for Terrence Crawford, and you hope for Terrence Crawford that it's a moment of pressure where he can't make no mistakes. He can't slip. He can't take a knee and let Errol Spence hit him with an Arthur Abraham Anthony Durrell punch. He can't start off slow. He can't give up rounds. He can't get hit flush. He got to be perfect in there. Like, I remember the Titans. You know, he was like, man, you know, y'all trying y'all best right now, and that's all I can ask. He said, no, nah, coach, you demanded us to be perfect, and we want to finish this thing perfect. Does he got the artillery to knock him out? Absolutely. But you don't want to have to go into a fight knowing, dude, I got to stop this motherfucker or I ain't going to win. Because when you already don't have public opinion and how – he got the popular opinion in the public is because he don't have it is because of the media. And you can attribute a lot of that to the new media. Cause he don't do exclusive interviews or um, he was on the wrong political side of things and stuff. And, you know, people, if he lose, people are going to, no matter how it reaches, he loses. If it's as bad as Durant, I mean, uh, uh, Parnell and Chavez, as bad as Ishmael Barros and Roley, if it's as bad as what you see last night with J-Rock and uh, Carlos Adamas, they're going to justify it. And if Terrence Crawford fans come on the internet and plead their case and say, well, this is bullshit and provide proof, 
It ain't gonna matter, bro. It's like that motherfucker lost. We told you he ain't fought nobody. He too small. So Bud gotta be on point. You on point fight all the time, girl. You on point. You know, he gotta be on point like Tribe Called Quest. He gotta be on point. You gotta remember when Press Rose was rolling with Victor Postal over him. Terrence Crawford ain't never been a darling. He the ugly duckling that wasn't supposed to be here. He Cinderella at the ball that wasn't supposed to be here. The whole he been the system been against him the whole time. Think about it for a minute. He wasn't he. They didn't want him in the amateur the, the Olympic uh, the, the represent them in the Olympics is politics. They got their favorites, and they got guys you don't like. And you like Terrence Crawford, you a real motherfucker. You gonna say what's on your mind? You gonna reality? You react uh, retaliate like what Jay Z said and say hello. Basically, say y'all don't like me because when my back against the wall, I react, y'all. You know, people don't like that, man. When you blatantly, you know, somebody blatantly flagrant file your ass in life, and you file their ass, you flagrant file their ass, flagrant two file their ass back, and they say, "Oh, look what he done." You throw a rock, you catching and bust their head open. They don't like people like that, especially in corporate America. There's other ways to play that, and that's what I learned in my life. There's other ways to play play games. But for him, it's perfection. Ain't nobody going to be, they rob you blind and strip your ass butt naked in front of all the people in Vegas on pay-per-view. They're not, people are not going to sympathize with you because you wasn't in the story. You ever seen that movie Wreck-It Ralph? And the, they kept trying to stop the little girl from joining the game because she wasn't supposed to be there. In human nature, how they say how men fear what they can't conquer or fear what they don't know. When you break through the script and you ain't supposed to be in the movie, they don't want you to shine, bro. That's why Terrence Crawford, it ain't that, oh, I want to interview with y'all, or it's because he's not supposed to be here. He wasn't supposed to stop the party. That's why a lot of people didn't like uh, 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 Deontay Wilder. You know, with Jay, with another Jay-Z line, what he saying, ball so hard? He said, I ain't supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be locked up too, ball so hard. When you ain't supposed to be, Earl Spence was preordained to be here. He was the amateur, he was the Olympic uh, USA Olympic amateur choice. He had the silver, you know, the silver, you know, he had the silver lining, or he was the platinum chain, or he was the buffs, the diamonds on the buffs, and all that. He was that guy. This is his destiny. He going against a guy that ain't supposed to be here. Everything Terrence Crawford did has been, um, how can I say it? It's been devalued. It's been, I want to say devalued. That's the right word, but I want to use a better word. It's been derated. It's been like, eh, you know, it's the biggest fight. I ain't did this. He ain't did. And it won't be no different on Saturday, July 29th. If he go in there and win, no matter if it's ugly, no matter if it's clean, no matter if it's dirty, no matter if it's, you know, by it's perfect. Like he Mario with the start, he knocking all the shells over and beating everybody. It don't matter. They gonna undercut him on his leg, and it's fucked up. But that's part of the under. That's part of the unwanted underdog script. That's what it is. He wasn't supposed to be here, bro. Listen to a story about how they when nobody helping. You had this phenomenal talent out there, you know. But the politics kept him down because his personality. It wasn't because oh, I can make money off this talent. Well, he had a strike against him because guess what? Where was he from? Omaha. Like, ain't shit out in Omaha. Fuck Omaha. One strike. 
He a real motherfucker. He gonna tell you how he feel. You do some whole ass shit. He ain't gonna play a corporate game with you. You know, that's just how he was raised. Raised like me, but I had to learn. You know, working a nine to five where I couldn't always cuss your ass out or hit your ass. I had to figure out other ways to be more. You know, to you know to demand my respect. You know, and then you know, then he, he get here and he damn good. He better than everybody else. And he fought his way from the bottom. He scrapped his way from the bottom. You know, everybody else made it up the mountain. They had, you know, igloo, you know, lunch packed in their igloo, lunch box. They had, you know, warm clothes. They had all the extra necessities, the pre-DMs, the signing bonuses, or the financial backing, the training expenses and shit. And he had just, he had what he came with. Said they tried to get him to change his trainer off. He said, no. Nah. And then, you know, you say, you know why? You're like, well, why they get you to try to change your trainer out? It's an odd. I keep telling y'all, man, if y'all ain't seen my Jonathan Major video or y'all ain't listened to my other videos, man, they the best ones, to be honest. I'll be giving y'all gems. It's all pay for play, bro. Listen to your boy. It's all pay for play. Everybody in the game together when you get into a game. Listen to me. Everybody in the game together. When you go into that courtroom, Child support court, criminal law court, whatever you in, it's a fucking game. The lawyers, the district attorney, the defense attorney, the paralegal, the lawyers, the bailiffs, they all in it together. That's why it's important on the lawyer that you pick. It's critical that the lawyer you pick because it's a game. Everybody make break bread together. They swap you out. So they said, this guy got money. Help me get him off. Okay, I'll get you off. But when you get somebody ain't got no money or or... Give me on the next one, get get my back. They swap you out, bro. When you get in the box, and it's no different. Oh, we want you to get rid of your trainers and hire this trainer. And you like what? You like hell no, I ain't doing that. You know, I, I ain't doing that. You smoking crack. But guess what? The trainer that they're going to give you, one is there because that's their homeboy and they want to get him paid. It's no different from the judicial system, any other system. They want to keep the money in the family. They want to keep the money in the in the merry-go-round. So then when you turn around and you you pay old buddy, you hire him as your trainer. Now they got control and influence over you. So now they can control your decision making and now they can kind of control what you do moving forward. But if you say no, or you know, I ain't taking this D, you be like, well, you got you got to switch your trainer to sign this contract with us. And Bud say, well, no, you know, I ain't doing that. I'm just keeping with the same people I got. Then keep your deal. When you coming with that mentality, where you ain't gonna you ain't gonna let them butt break you. You know what I'm saying? They can't control you. They don't like that shit, bro. They don't like it. But they do that to control you and they do that to get their people paid and keep their money going in a circle. So when they need a favor from the trainer, the trainer can plug it in you and help control you and, and make decisions. And Terrence Crawford made it up with the same people he came up with. He made it up with the same mentality. He said, I live in basically the same neighborhood. You know, as you seem to be fairly educated um, out there and Errol Spence was preordained to be here, bro. It was written. It was written. Terrence Crawford wasn't supposed to be here. And that's why. That's why his, his his narrative was always painted by the powers to be. 
as as in a negative light. Every time he did something, they, they diminished it. Oh, Postal is going to be the toughest fight Postal going to be, and they diminished it. Only sold 70,000 pay-per-views. We all know why. You know, I thought Jeff Warren was going to be a tough fight myself. Demolished him. Took it away. Oh, don't matter. He really got robbed by Pacquiao. He really robbed Pacquiao. Don't matter what he do. This is his story. I mean, if you go see the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, she told him. She was like, man, this was your story the whole time. Telling uh, Rocket, this was your story the whole time. You just didn't know it. They thought it was Errol Spence's story the whole time. Because if Jeff Horn and Manny Pacquiao held that WBO, Errol Spence would have been undisputed by now with the car accidents, with the stuff. You, you start weighing them up. Errol Spence got kids, you know, by two different chicks that, you know, out of wedlock, you know, let's be real. He got three different kids, you know, two of them with one and one with a whole other woman. Let's be honest. He trying to be a street nigga. He drunk at fights. You know what I'm saying? He drunk in the club. He getting carried out the club. He hugging up, kissing niggas on the neck and all types of shit. And it, and it doesn't, it does, his, his, his reputation is bulletproof like LeBron's reputation. Just like Nike uh, protects LeBron. Terrence Crawford, no. Talk about his wife, but he raised his kids, his wife, kids, girl, kids, whatever, excuse me. Man, mom, his daddy in his life, his mama, his daddy had a military story. You don't see them telling that story. All they want to talk about is a nigga getting shot in the head. He don't glorify that, though. In respect. Because he ain't supposed to be here. So his whole story has been... It's really a microcosm of, you know, it's, it's really what this fight is. It's the pinnacle. This is his story. And you ask me why you don't like Terrence Crawford. You can't even tell you why. Don't tell me because he didn't interview with Tom. He ain't tripping on it. Or he interviewed your favorite YouTuber. Is that that's going to make you not like somebody? I definitely don't want to ever rub shoulders with you. If I tell you no, I don't want to interview with you. Definitely don't want to. No, I don't fuck with you. If I tell you no, it ain't nothing serious. It ain't like I seen you stuck up under a, a car and I could have helped you, or you know, a box fell on you at the job, and I just you know <laughs> and rolled by and didn't help you. You was in need. Every time I see somebody, well, I see Bud at Bed Bath and Beyond, you know, about the body works. He took a picture. Oh, he, got, look, he gave me an autograph. Or oh, he shot shot my son or something like that. It ain't about that. A lot of y'all fall victim to the media politics. And the reason Terrence Crawford has continued to be painted in a negative light is because. They didn't want him to be here, period. His story, his his, his real attitude, his, his, you know, he a real motherfucker, bro. They want to keep they want to keep the chuckers and jobbers in front of you like Errol Spence, that's representing uh death and destruction of the hip hop community. That's that's drinking and driving and getting chased by motherfuckers and want to go to the hood. They want to just keep y'all in the, in that matrix, bro. Wearing the jewelry and you know, you know, flashing a lifestyle, walking through the club. They want to keep y'all under the influence. They want to keep y'all under the influence. They really do. So, you know, this deeper than just all oh, the Canelo fight on the horizon. You know, it's deeper than, you know, will he crossing the street to fight Earl Spence? He's gonna need to stop it regardless. It's deeper than that. His whole his whole career, he nearly had to be perfect, bro. He had to be perfect. He wasn't supposed to be here. 
and that's why they paint him in a negative light. So it's really just, you know, his graduation date, honestly. You know, his his in my opinion, a lot of people are not gonna like this, and this is my opinion. His if he beat Earl Spence, his boxing story is better than Floyd Mayweather's. His legacy is better than Floyd Mayweather's. Not saying he's a greater fighter, but his story is better than Floyd Mayweather's. Because guess what? He wasn't supposed to be here. And, you know, Floyd fought an Oscar De La Hoya shadow. Give that to him. But Terrence Crawford, they wanted to keep this motherfucker down and out. They wanted him to go get a nine to five. He kept fighting. Most people would have quit, bro. Most guys out there got talent like Terrence Crawford. But, you know, you go work a nine to five. You know, I see these guys, man, I know at the gym that fight. Some of these guys are on Showtime. These dudes working in construction. They working nine to five. They training themselves at the gym. They already at a disadvantage by the time they get to the ring. You going against people who, 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 who got more amenities than you do and got more things than you do and stuff of that nature. So. That's just something to think about real quick. A lot of them guys like Terrence Crawford, say he was sleeping in like a little room or a little dorm room with Mickey Bay trying to make it as a professional out of Las Vegas, and I assume as being a sparring partner. Earl Spence ain't never had to go to no shit. And I ain't Earl Spence fought. I ain't mad at it. But Paul Malinazzi, I think, did an interview talking about the politics in the amateur system. And, and that's, you know, who they want to sign and who they want to make the face of the amateur system and who they don't. And that's huge, you know, and getting the contract that you're looking for in a booster star. But a lot of other guys got, got distracted. A lot of the guys just gave up, said, I ain't going to keep fighting through this bullshit, keep running these miles, keep working the nine to five, and I ain't getting shit from it. But Bud stuck with it. But Bud's whole career has been on robbery alert. If he would have lost the British Prescott, top rank would have cut the fuck out of his ass. So every every fight for him was a do or die fight. And when people don't like you, they want to see you lose. And he ain't gave a motherfucker a reason not to like him. Because he going to tolerate whole shit? Like, come on. So they paint him in a negative light. Whatever he do, it ain't going to be enough. He can go out there and he can spark Errol Spence. Not sure he will. But they're going to diminish what he did. And I'm always pointing to this. Stephen Fogg, when he said, he said, I'm going to fight a new you. I'm going to Japan for me. I'm doing this for myself. And that's fine. Because you know, I hear people say this real quick. This was on my mind, too. If I date a single mother, she's not going to put me first. She's going to put her kid first and this, that, and the third. Look here, man. Most niggas that's married exclusive with a woman or you in a relationship with a woman or whatever, let's just say y'all kicking it, y'all exclusive, y'all married, you ain't first regardless, kids or no kids. You're not first regardless. She don't put you first. A woman to put herself first before her kids in a lot of situations. They're not going to admit it, and you niggas are not going to admit it, but they're going to put themselves first. So you're not going to be number one regardless, bro. So when I hear niggas say that, I'd be like, ha! Huh? <laughs> you're not going to be number one, bro. Her for girlfriend be over you. Her sister be over you. That's not our priority to be number one. It's times that she going to make us number one for sure. Because she going to have to. But you being number one 90, 100% of the time, you say, get the fuck out of here. Do you really want to be number one like that? 
relationship not gonna last. Suff, what'd he say? What you do with the fish and you get it out of water, you suffocate. You don't want to be suffocated under no woman all day. Then you know, what you know, how you pursuing your purpose, how you pursuing your goals, how you gonna have enjoyment. So I was just sitting on my mind all day, like nigga, you, know, you ain't number one, and bitch ain't put you number one, like bro. So many times will you be number one, bro. Every day can't be your birthday. Birthdays was the worst days. I was thinking about that today. I think I was on the running or on the, the sign. I was just thinking like niggas be having a game. Fuck niggas be living in imagine, you know, in imagination or, or in a record rock game, just like women do sometimes. That's real shit. And that's why you got to put yourself number one. I, I'm a full advocate. Kofi sent me a book for that shit too. I'm about to order that shit or just do it. I actually want to read, so I don't want the Audible book. I can get the Audible book for free. I actually want to read this shit, y'all. And um, read some financial books too. I'm gonna tell y'all what the book is called. It's it's called it's right here. Robert Ringer, looking out for number one: How to get from where you are now to where you want to be in life. And um, fifteen dollars for the paperback version. Of it. But yeah, you gotta put yourself. You got some questions too. I'll answer them in a minute. But you gotta put yourself number one, my boys. If you don't take and put yourself number one, you expecting a, a chick or your mama or your brother to put you number one on a consistent basis. You gotta do something for you. If it's a massage, if it's going to the movies, if it's going, hey, I mean, I, I went to be husband myself yesterday. If you want, if you don't like in being number number one. Could be like just turning off your 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 phone on, on the day off on a Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, and you want to go fishing, or you just want to lay in your bed, you just want to play a game, you just want to read a book, you just don't want to be fucking bothered. 